in a room where human souls convene with one another. Only darkness knows you're alive. In a room where voices speak kindly to one another. Only silence acknowledges your presence. In a room where friendships begin and carry on with one another. Only loneliness knows your name. In the dungeon of loneliness, a place where happiness is forbidden, a brush of your hand is ignored, a cry for help is dismissed. and you are reaching out of the soul. Goes out to empty air. You can be in a crowded room full of people and still feel alone. The cold, dark, silent dungeon of loneliness from which you can never escape. You can be out in the sunshine with the birds singing merrily above you. But silence ensures that those happy sounds are drowned out and your soul is left in a cold, dark solitude. You hear children laughing you can almost see the smiles on their faces. But the cold, damp dungeon of loneliness reels you in farther and farther from the people you love. You try and reach out, you cry for help. But no matter whose hand you shake, no matter who hears your voice, no matter who answers back, the loneliness still lingers. I considered turning that into a poem. It's one of my audio journal entries. And while I sometimes feel that way, I'm sharing this only because I know other people feel this way too. Other people feel like they're trapped in a dungeon of loneliness, no matter who is there with you. No matter who is there to guide you. Sometimes in the soul, people don't realize what you truly feel. Sometimes people might mean well and come to hold your hand, but are not really communicating with you spiritually. I'm at a spiritual turning point in my life. I was raised with the strictest of religious upbringings. It's interesting how the soul works. Someone who has no affiliation with any religion growing up might end up finding peace in one religion or another. And those who are practically instilled with religious symbols, literature, 
figures. You grow up and you feel lost. So, what does this tell me? The religious text, whether it be physical or its, its actual words, the contents of it. I think it's important. I think it's important to respect it. But all of these materialistic things that bind us to a, res- a, a specific religion don't mean much if your soul aches. If the spirit that dwells within you knows no peace. Where do we find that peace? Only time will tell. I'm not a master at writing poetry. I'm a lot better at writing short stories. Um, Probably because that's just my thought process. And it's weird. I don't know what it is with me, but I always like when things are in chronological order. Um, Sometimes I try not to put flashbacks, even though flashbacks and stories are a lot of fun. (laughs) Um, They are. I love to read them. And I I do, you know, one of my creative writing professors actually suggested that I create a story with flashbacks. And, you know, I've, I've done that. But me, I just have this chronological mind. Um... I wish I didn't, but uh, I call myself the chronologically thinking wizard. I'm always just thinking time and time again, okay, when I wake up today at this time, I'm going to do this, and next I'm going to do this, and next, next, next. It's never, well, why don't we go back and reflect, or why don't we think back on why this happened the way it did? I'm always thinking forward, which is good. It's good to think positively forward, but, um, and my dog has come to say hello. (laughs) (laughs) He's laying here on my shoulder. Aw. He sighed contentedly. He's the only one that can penetrate that dungeon of loneliness sometimes. I don't know where I'd be without him. Oh, sleepy doggy. (laughs) Anyway, I came to ask you guys a question. And the question is... When you, even though I'm not a fan of writing poetry, I'd love to read it. And some people think it's really nice to have it just recited very quietly. Um, But do you think the addition of music adds to the emotionality of poetry? I think it does. Um, I know of people who recite poetry over soft piano pieces. Um, I know of people that just recite poetry to the sound of a fireplace. I know that uh, one of my English professors actually got this uh, this YouTube video of a fireplace, and it had the perfect ambiance. It had the sound of the fireplace, and it had, you know, how the fireplace actually looked, and it looked very neat, apparently. And But when it was our turn to recite poems the fireplace would be going in the background and it was so beautiful and it was really really nice to hear um the the fireplace in the background it kind of gave it that really cool feeling where the people used to recite poetry um in front of a fire 
Um, people would recite poetry over the sound of birds. So I, I really feel like, would you prefer to listen to poetry read silently? Um, or would you prefer the addition of birds or natural sounds added to the recitation of a poetry, of a poem? Um, and do you believe it adds emotionality to the poem? Um, I do. I love listening to poems recited with music. Um, I love the sounds, the comforting sound of maybe a waterfall, um, ocean waves, you know, things like that. It adds that emotional, emotional, um, element for me, especially in poetry where there's a lot of visual imagery for me to try to really be in the moment. I am just that way. I prefer music because it puts me in a meditative state. Now, when I'm studying for a paper, I do prefer to have poetry writ, uh, read to me silently. Um, you know, but it's just when you hear, oh yes, you're going to insert your own opinion, aren't you? <laughs> when you hear, um, poetry read, um, you know, like when somebody writes about their voyage on a ship and you hear the waves and the background and the seagulls, it really helps me be in the moment. So does music, natural sounds and, you know, meditative sounds like the sounds of crickets, well, the crickets are natural, but the sound of a fire, does that add emotionality to a poetry and how do you prefer to have your poetry read? It'd be interesting to get some comments on that. Thank you.